A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. Hello and welcome to A Gay and a Non-Gay and welcome back to the conveyor belt (laughs) of amazing guests that we've been having on the show recently. Today we're joined from New York City by Abby Stein and she's the first openly transgender woman raised in an Hasidic Jewish community. She's a direct descendant of the founder of Hasidic Judaism, the Baal Sham Tov. Okay, I don't know what any of these words mean, and I'm pretty sure some of our audience don't either, so can you just explain what on earth you're talking about? The Hasidic Jewish community is a very orthodox community of Jewish people. They're very observant. Does that mean they don't love the gays? Is that what we're saying? I think it's fair to say they're probably not known for their support for the LGBT community. Hasidic Judaism is a form of Orthodox Judaism that's particularly hardcore. And Abby's going to tell us about that. I love how you're kind of into this hardcore religion stuff. Do you not, do you not find this stuff fascinating? Have you not watched Unorthodox on Netflix? No, I haven't actually. No, I did actually Google, can I become a Hasidic Jewish person? Just, just, out, just out of interest. Why? Again, do you, do you not think that's interesting? No. Have you ever Googled, can I become a gay person? Probably, yeah. Anyway, back to Abby. She's the first woman and also the first openly transgender woman to have been ordained by an orthodox institution. Yeah, Abby is very cool. And just so you know, this ep is full of the kind of sound effects you'd expect uh, to hear when talking to someone in New York City. So apologies in advance for the sirens and I think a helicopter at one point. (laughs) Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. So, Abby, I guess, I guess to start, for people who don't know, can you explain to us what the main difference is between the Hasidic Orthodox Jewish community and other Jewish communities? I would say the biggest belief in ideology is they do not believe in being part of the outside world. They see the secular or general society as a threat. How that manifested was we didn't speak English. I lived in New York City and I didn't speak English until I was 20. We didn't read any general newspapers or magazines, no books, no newspapers. Everything was community-based, Yiddish, heavily censored publications. And then their own education system. I had some English, which mostly consisted of ABCs and maybe a third grade, second or third grade level of English education. And math was long division, which is again, a third grade level education and that's it. And that was only until eighth grade. And after that, there was no general education, only a Jewish education. The education system is segregated by gender. The way I like to say, segregated by perceived gender. They tend to have usually really big families, which is a combination of an actual belief of having big families, but also a rejection of any family planning. So no birth control. Men are not allowed to wear condoms or women. And they get married really, really young, all in arranged marriages. Usually at around age 18, if you turn 20 and you're Hasidic and not married, you are really old. So no dating apps, <laughs> nothing. No, oh, how did I, could I forget? No internet. <laughs> what? Today they are at a point where they recognize that some people need to have internet for business. So if you need to have internet, you have to go to a community, ideally. And, and I would say that... A lot of people break the rules, but I'm saying the rules are that if you need internet, you need to go through a community organization to make your internet kosher. 
So that usually, most teenagers, boys or girls, have no internet access whatsoever. Wow. First time I went online was when I was 20. And that was not in the 90s. That was in 2012. So <laughs> My um, jaw it- just dropped to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds like The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, The Handmaid's Tale is way too modern. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're calling it more tame than the situation you were in? Well, maybe there's less killing. But the cultural way? Very much. I mean, I think the other, the closest other community that people in the U.S. is probably the Amish. Yeah. Other than the fact that the specific community do use electricity. The issue is not with modern technology as a whole, only with like no television, no radio. The problem with these is not that they're modern, but rather that they are impure. That's what makes your story actually quite beautiful, really, and very powerful because it's it's kind of a finger up to that thinking that society is going to corrupt you because that's not true we are just born the way we're born and and there's nothing wrong with that i didn't become trans because of a hollywood tv show or because of whatever (laughs) i didn't know i didn't even know the word transgender until i was 20 yet if you read my book you will know that when i was four years old i tried to take matters into my own hands it's actually quite Shocking. Basically, you knew you were a girl from when you were four years old. Do you know how you knew that? To be honest, I can't really explain it. I think what it was was the ultimate feeling and relation that anything that my brain picked up, consciously or subconsciously, that that is what it means to be a girl, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't know the biological differences between 98% of boys and 98% of girls. I was never told anything. I have eight sisters and four brothers, but I never saw any of them naked. Yeah. So it could be I did know, maybe I picked it up, because I don't remember. I was four. So I don't remember everything that went through my head at the time. But it definitely wasn't something that was discussed. Like, we never get the birds and the bees even when you're 16. Forget about when you were four. <laughs> so I really can't explain it myself. It was just this feeling that this is wrong. It was this feeling that I'm being sent to the wrong school that I don't want to play with the boys and their games. I want to play with the girls. That I don't want to grow up to be a rabbi. I want to grow up to be a wife because that was all that I knew. I think there's there's also the prayer that I wrote when I was nine years old. And I read it sometimes now and I want to hit myself for, for being sexist because I think my ideas of what it meant to be a woman was really messed up. But it was the only idea of what it meant to be a woman that I knew. So ultimately it boils down to an innate feeling that I never even really struggled with. And what I mean by that is, I don't remember a time when I was like, oh, maybe I'm a boy, maybe I'm a girl, maybe I want to do that, maybe I want to do that. I always knew what I wanted. A gay and a non-gay. I would love it if you could share with our listeners what you were saying in that prayer that you found to be sexist when you read it back. You want me to read the prayer? Yeah. When I get older, I will be the best wife. I will help my husband study Torah, which is the Bible, all day and all night. I will cook the best food for him and my kids. And I will have as many babies as I can. Wow. What's so messed up that in the Hasidic community, this is the message a nine-year-old will get of what is the life mission of a girl. And I remember having these conversations with my sisters who grew up or like, the way I would say we're socialized as girls. And they got the same message. I even have one sister that I used to, I used to tease them that they're just baby factories. And I have one sister specifically who once told me proudly, yes, 
That's what we're on the in the world for. So that is very much the message that what it means to be a boy, what it means to be a girl. So you realized pretty early on that, that you were a girl. When did you realize that the community that you were in isn't necessarily how the rest of the world lives? I think we subconsciously always hypothetically knew that. We lived in New York City. For some reason, until I was around 12, I thought that the majority of people in the world are Jewish, all the people I knew. And my family is quite international. It wasn't just my family would always travel. I have aunts and uncles, great aunts and great uncles in London, in Antwerp, all over Israel. I have family in Brazil, in South Africa. I knew about all of these places. My family constantly traveled to weddings and stuff like that. So like, I didn't necessarily think we were sheltered because we constantly traveled and all the people I always saw were the same. So for a 10, 11 year old who starts to think and is curious about the world, that's what you think. But I remember the first time it registered to me that, that the majority of the world is not Jewish. And I remember having this conversation with my dad. And then I asked him, so are at least most Jews good Jews, which starts men being religious? And he like, I remember him like, like sh- almost like being shy or ashamed by it to admit that no, the majority of Jews are not Orthodox. I didn't even know how much now. Tell us about the moment where you realized what the word transgender was when you discovered that word and you suddenly knew you weren't alone. I can paint the scene to you. It was the week after my son was born. I was at a point where life was getting really tough, specifically, I've been like struggling with religion, which was usually kind of like caused by if I can't trust people about my gender, I can't trust them about religion, which triggered a long journey of questioning that by that time, and and later when I actually left the Hasidic community, it wasn't because of gender or gender identity, it was because I didn't believe in it. And because of all these questions, it was an eight year long process of questioning and reading stuff that I wasn't supposed to, which is very easy because you're not supposed to read anything that was written by someone who's not Hasidic and so on. So ultimately, I knew everything about the internet. And we were constantly told not to have internet. And if you have, like, you're allowed to have a computer. Like, my dad had a PC, but it was blocked. It couldn't connect to internet, even if you were in a place where there was Wi-Fi, because you took it to an organization that blocked the internet's capacity on it. They wanted to make sure that we don't go online by mistake. So we were, for example, told if you buy a phone, even if you don't have an internet plan, you still need to take it in to this organization to make it kosher, because if not, you could connect to Wi-Fi by mistake. So I take a tablet that as long as the internet capabilities are not fully blocked off, and I take it to a mall, there would be an internet connection. So that's what I did, because I felt like I exhausted the answers that I could get in the community from books, and I wanted to see what I could find online. And I knew that the internet is just like database of information. I think that's as much as I knew. Um, Ultimately, I was sitting in a bathroom, and I connected this tablet to the internet. And the first thing that I Googled in Hebrew, I couldn't write English, was I Googled if a boy could turn into a girl. And I wasn't really expecting any results. It was just like, uh, kind of like a Hail Mary, like, let's see what the result is. And that led me on the first page, one of the results was uh, Wikipedia. And it was, again, in Hebrew, the Hebrew Wikipedia page on transgender. And that is when I learned that there's other people like me. That is when I learned that term. 
So how long did you stay in the bathroom still on Wikipedia? The first time it was probably like four to five hours. And I came back in a few days. What did you do when you left the bathroom? Well, first I went home and then I came back the next day. But (laughs) ultimately for the next few days, that was my lifeline until I got a smartphone. First, I found a forum, an an Israeli forum. I didn't speak English at the time. So everything was in Hebrew of other trans people, which in turn also connected me with people who have left the ultra-Orthodox community on the same forum. It's called Tapuz, which means an orange. Um, I stopped being religious just um, around that time also. I left the community about a year later. And I remember specifically when I started realizing that I can leave the community and the majority of the outside world is not going to hate me for not being Hasidic anymore. But it took me another three and a half years until August of 2015 to feel ready enough to come out. And also, you got to remember, we were talking here 2012. It was before Orange is the New Black or Sense 8 or even Caitlyn Jenner. Any of these big kind of trend moments for the trans community a lot of these big books and books and TV shows didn't really exist. Like at a time, the only time trans people were used in TV shows was usually as a very transphobic punchline. They, they didn't have, it changed tremendously between 2012 and 2015 when I came out. It was a new world for trans people out there. You were in an arranged marriage during all of this. So let's find out about that after this break. Welcome back to Again and Non-Gay with Abby Stein. So, Abby, you were in an arranged marriage during this time. What was that like, knowing that you were trans? I came out to my wife as being not religious. So I, I told my ex-wife that I wasn't religious anymore. And for a while, we tried to make this, make our marriage work. We were, we were going to find, like, maybe move to a modern Orthodox community, find, like, an, an in-between because we wanted to make it work, but then her family stepped in. And we got separated in April of 2013. And then a divorce just a few months later, and my ex got, got engaged three months after that. Um, wow. I've heard a rumor that she was already engaged before we were officially divorced. I don't know if that's true or not. That is some fast work. To arrange marriages, like it doesn't take them time. You just arrange another marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two unlikely friends take on the world. Are you the first person to come out as transgender? I was her? the first person in the Hasidic community to come out as trans. Do you know if there's been a second, third, fourth? Oh, there have been a lot. There have been a lot. I personally know of about 40 people who have reached out to me. Most of them still what I call double closet, religiously and trans. Uh, Yeah, so I'm in touch with dozens of people. And there have been, offhand, I can think of um, at least six people that have come out publicly since I came out. Abby, what's the kind of advice you would give to, to trans people, not just religious trans people or trans people everywhere that don't feel free to be themselves you're not alone even regardless of what your family or community might want to tell you every major city has an lgbtq support group ultimately know that you can do it you can succeed there's an afterlife as i like to call it and just reach out to someone who can help you take that leap even if it feels hard because it's worth it Abby, when you come to London, you have to come to this queer club with me. It's called Butt Mitzvah, and it's an amazing queer space for Jewish people. Okay, I will reach out to you when I come to London. Great. Okay, see you there. Thanks so much, Abby. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Abby Stein there, and her book, Becoming Eve, is out now. If you're in the US and you need advice on leaving Orthodox communities, do check out Footsteps, and here in the UK, look up Maver. 
Dan and I are obsessed with hearing stories like Abby's. It's so amazing to hear of people finding themselves in intolerant, sometimes dangerous situations. If you've got anything you want to tell us, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at gaynongay.com and our DMs are open too. We're at gaynongay everywhere. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay? Visit gaynongay.com slash donate.